0: Hello and welcome to Three Kitchens, a home cooking podcast. I'm Erin Walker here with my co-hosts Heather Dyer. Hello, and Sarah Somasundaram. Hello, hi. So, any big plans for the weekend coming up? Mm, I don't think so.
1: Weather's great. Oh, it feels like spring, doesn't it? Yeah, it's. I think it's 14 degrees Celsius today, and. I know it's a little early, but I got my Korean barbecue stuff out, and I think we're <gasps> oh, going to do that for dinner. Yum! Nice. What time? <laughs> what, what time? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited because we can't can never make that stuff in the winter, right? Because you mm. need to be outside. So what what will you make? Um, I've got some pork belly. Oh, yum! So that's what we're gonna go with, with the kimchi soup and rice. Ooh. and wraps and lots of garlic for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that
2: sounds delicious. Now, do you find that you all need to eat the garlic or at least you and your husband both need to eat the garlic so that he's not... I'm. You're looking confused, but when my husband eats too much garlic... <laughs> He, it's like, it comes out of his pores. It's like, he just stinks like garlic. And it helps if I also eat the garlic (laughs) yeah, so that I don't notice it quite as much. It's
0: very true. I agree with you, Heather. It comes out of their pores.
2: (laughs) When they cook at the fire station, they cook with a ton of garlic. He comes home and I'm always like, oh, what did you guys eat? Yeah. You stink.
1: Yeah. No, I don't pre-discuss these things with my husband. Maybe I just don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I eat. I'm the only one in the house that eats raw garlic. I'll eat it raw. Ah. So I'm awful. So if, if they feel the way you feel, they haven't told me anything about it. Maybe <laughs> they're being polite.
2: Oh, no, <laughs> nobody's that polite with their family. I'm That's sure true. they're good with it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Lucky you. So Aaron, what do you have in store for us today? Oh,
0: well, I have been reminiscing and reliving our travel from a couple years ago. In 2017, I was lucky enough to travel to Argentina with my family, and we stayed in Buenos Aires for six weeks. And if I'm ever on death row and I have to have my (laughs) last meal.
2: (laughs) Planning
1: for the future, are we?
2: (laughs) I want to know what crime you've committed, if you've ever been on death row. No, (laughs) she hasn't thought about that. I haven't thought of the crime yet. They will have to fly me to Argentina to eat all the food. I don't think they do that for death row inmates. Just saying, no, they're not going to fly you across (laughs) somewhere, but perhaps they can order it in. (laughs) So maybe I'll go
0: down another path. If I'm going (laughs) to die next week, I'm going to fly myself to Argentina (laughs) and I'm going to eat all the food there, especially the meat, especially the dairy. Everything was cooked over fire and they had these great grills called pereas that they cooked over we went out with some people we met there and they hosted like a barbecue called an asado it kind of reminded me of like going down to the park and using those little um
1: those charcoal barbecues yeah
0: yeah you could bring your own briquettes, and so we had a you know picnic down in the park barbecue argentine style nice and Oh, all the food there was just so good. And so my husband and I have been inspired for many years by a famous Argentine chef named Francis Malman since we first saw him on a Netflix show called Chef's Table, which I think maybe you guys have had a chance to tune in. And oh, no, watch. we've
1: never heard of Francis from Aaron.
2: <laughs> Aaron's celebrity chef crush. Yes. yes. <laughs> the way that he cooks
0: and the way that he uses fire it it's amazing it's something that we've gotten super excited about we've cooked feasts for our family on the beach uh, using an earth oven
1: nice
0: you know we've done a whole bunch of crazy things with our new fire pit trying to slow cook things and barbecue things and it seems like we're always cooking over the fire I also like to use my barbecue as a second oven. So at Thanksgiving this year, I cooked my turkey on the barbecue and it turned out marvelously. I often make pizza on the barbecue. Mm-hmm.
1: I always mm-hmm.
0: make my bacon on the barbecue now.
1: Oh, oh, that's a great idea. Because
0: I don't have to clean my oven after it splatters everywhere, which is greatest benefit of making it on the barbecue is yeah. no mess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, what a great idea. It works fantastically. Because I hate that mess too. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst.
0: So I just recently came across Francis's cookbook, Seven Fires, and ordered it for myself. And it came in the mail.
2: I was very excited. Yes, we remember the day that it arrived. And how excited you were. My book arrived, Francis. (laughs) You know, I was like a little kid. We tease you, but we totally get it. I mean, you Mm -hmm. watch that guy cook and the kinds mm-hmm. of food you just want to eat it all like you just yeah I've never been to Argentina but I want to go there and eat all the food and- yeah and the attitude he has too yes and drinking and, and drinking, drinking. <laughs> <laughs> he has like giant magnums giant of bottles. wine
1: oh my god he's just
2: constantly
0: opening them up
2: <laughs> and he, I think we've I think we, we're on our third bottle aren't we And it's like five people <laughs> And three of them are children, not even drinking.
0: (laughs) He's crazy. I've cracked open the book. I've read through it, but I have not cooked from it yet. My son and I were sitting around looking at the book and he said, oh, mom, can you make some of those empanadas that we used to have? So that is what I'm hoping to be my inaugural recipe out of the
1: cookbook. I'm going to
0: make the glorious empanada as he calls it, which I think it is pretty glorious.
2: How is a Argentine empanada different from like a British pasty or a samosa or a calzone? Like it seems like everywhere you go, there is a pastry or dough filled with Mm -hmm. something in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is it a different type of pastry or dough or? I am assuming a
0: yes. I'm going to tell you about his recipe and then maybe you can tell me because I don't know all the ins and outs of some of those other things you mentioned.
2: Oh, you know, I make them all, all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's what I'm relying on. Yeah, I do not. Never
1: have. <laughs> oh, too funny.
0: Ah, so this will be my first time using one of his recipes. Um, I have tried making an empanada before, but oh, okay. I didn't really follow a recipe. Yeah. Uh, they, they weren't great. I'll tell you that much. They were okay. But the dough wasn't right. The fillings were kind of dry. I know that this is all going to be fixed by Francis's Mm -hmm. guidance.
1: Francis, the savior.
0: (laughs) Now, does Francis (laughs) tell you to cook over a fire? They're cooked in a wood-fired oven, but I'm going to use my barbecue as a wood-fired oven. Yeah. That'll be uh, the challenge once I've assembled these things. The first thing that's really different about it is the dough. Mm. To make the empanada dough, you make something first called salmuera. So you make hot water with salt in it, and then you melt your fat in there. Allow it to cool to room temperature first. Okay. And then you stir your flour in. Okay. Hmm. So I've never made a dough like that before. No. That seems really different to me. And then you want to chill it for at least an hour or up to 24. Okay. I will probably make this the day before, Mm -hmm. wrap it, and keep it in my fridge.
1: Are you going to use your mixer, your stand mixer? I I think so. Okay, good.
2: I don't see why I should do it by hand.
1: Exactly. Okay. Oh, I'm Oh, thank to hear
2: God. That. So happy to hear you say that.
1: <laughs> there's no
2: proofing involved in this. Is there, I feel like this is the theme of three kitchens is proofing dough. Okay. No, there's no proofing involved. <laughs> this is just a, a simple dough, but different than any other dough that I've made. You know what it reminds me a little bit of, and I obviously it's not the same, but we you know when you make Play-Doh and you have to get it Yes, to cook it first, that's what you I was thinking. And then, yeah. and then you yeah. mix the flour into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder totally. if it's a certain type of elasticity or something you're going I wonder. for. Yeah,
0: yeah. And this cooking with salty water thing, he says, is very common in Argentine cooking. Okay, uh, but the proportions of salt to water will change from recipe to oh, recipe. Oh,
1: interesting. Mm. Uh,
0: and so then he also has two different recipes for the fillings empanadas mendocinas. This one is traditional to the Mendoza region, which is kind of the wine country. And then you can also do one called empanadas saltanía. It's a bit spicier and it's from the region in Argentina known as Salta. The ones I'm going to make are going to be the mendocina ones, and they have olives in them.
1: Ah, Ooh, that sounds yummy. good.
0: On the day that I make the dough, I'm also going to make the filling. Because it recommends that the dough should sit overnight and that the filling should sit overnight. So if I make all these things the day before and then I assemble them the day I want to make them, that's going to be how I go about this. Okay. So the filling is stewing beef, onions, red pepper, cumin, paprika, and green onions. You add a lot of butter to your pan, cook your onions in it, and then you add your spices. And then in a separate pan, you want to dice up your stewing beef very finely and you want to brown it in small batches. You want to mix all those things together, the meat and the onion mixture, and you want to add oregano to it. And then you want to cover it up and put it in your fridge and leave it until day two. So that's going to be my day one is going to be making the dough and then making this filling. Yeah. Um, On day two, you roll out the dough. Okay. Um, this is a similar process to what you did when you made your bows. You right. just cut out circles. Yes. Either with a cup, or if you have a circle cutter, you know, you went out and bought too many cookie <laughs> cutters, <laughs>
1: <clears throat> Sarah. Oh, I'll give you a whole. I, I oh. have a whole bunch of sizes, so I'll just. Okay, give you I would love thing. to borrow some. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> So I'm going to roll out the dough. So this is in two days from now, correct? Not tomorrow, but (laughs) two days from now. (laughs) Exactly.
0: A few days. It's going to take me a while to get this all set.
1: All right. So
0: you also need to hard boil eggs and chop up olives. Take your circles, place your filling in, place a pinch of hard boiled egg. Okay. It's a pinch of olives and you place a little pinch of butter.
1: That sounds yeah. so good. <laughs> oh.
0: And then you fold it into
2: your little half circle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You make your yeah. little half circle moon. Uh, you fold it and seal it. And then you bake it in a 350 degree oven, barbecue or barbecue <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for 15 to 17 minutes.
1: Oh, well, that's not very hot. Like I would have thought that it would, would have been it's hotter. Not
0: Did- a really hot one. And that one surprised oh. me too. I didn't yeah. realize it was more of a medium oven rather than a high.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But I think I can easily do that because I've done that on my barbecue before. You can also fry them, but I don't have a deep fryer or much experience with frying. So I'm just oh, going to okay. go with the baking. It's a whole bunch of butter
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> to make these guys. And that's why they're going to taste so good. So and good.
2: And he I says love butter, they should
0: yeah. be <laughs> drippy
2: and you should be slurping them when you eat them. So slurping. you should be dripping and slurping, slurping
1: all the butter up.
2: I'm making a face because I hate that sound of like, <laughs> don't worry. We don't have to see each other do this. You don't really slurp an empanada. Like, do you really think it's going to be like sloppy? So when you bite into
0: it, it should be so juicy in the middle that you kind of have to like slurp it as you go to take <laughs> your next bite. He describes this <laughs> in his book. Children are always told not to slurp their food. Uh, this is not true for this recipe. You need to slurp <laughs>
2: this recipe, and so okay. he, your your empanadas should be slurpy, slurpable. So that's how you would know if they were too dry. Yeah,
0: I've never been able to recreate it, but it definitely was really good when we had them.
1: Mm. When you had them in Argentina, which one did you have?
0: The thing is, is that um, empanadas change from region to region, from house to house, from store to store. Mm, Um, We only ever stayed in Buenos Aires for that time. So I could not tell you what kind I ate, what was in them. Right. Um, All I know is I had them and they were really tasty.
1: And were they slurpy? Uh,
0: they, were messy.
1: they were messy, but okay. we weren't
0: okay. eating them by hand.
2: We were eating them with forks and knives. Oh, is that is how that they how do it? it? Uh, apparently you can just eat them by hand. <laughs> I cannot see Francis eating it with a fork and knife. I think no. he's like a totally no. eat with his hands with ones in his hand. The, the other hand <laughs> is this giant bottle of wine. Yeah. Right. Two going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I expect that's probably well, it. You don't drink wine. I was going to say, I expect you
1: to have a giant bottle when you eat your empanadas. I want to drink wine and eat empanadas. You guys always do this to me. Like nothing seems to be, I'm never satisfied with my dinner every time I talk about (laughs) these things with you.
2: Are you kidding me? You're having Korean barbecue. (laughs) That's true. I am having tacos with the kids because it's just me
1: and the kids. Trust me. Tacos are good. That's still good. (laughs) No, that sounds delicious. Mm. It sounds really good. I I like the, um, olive. Oh, that sudden olive in, in, in that beef that, which is probably really savory. And then you got that olive Mm. with that little bit of like that acidic kind of, yes. It's
2: that little pop, uh, pop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and is there some kind of sauce or dip or no, it's not a salsa
0: type of, No, there's no salsa. It is all contained within that empanada. Mm. We'll see how I do with this.
1: They love their meat. Yeah. Argentinian. Oh, because I'm just. Their
0: meat is by far the best meat I've ever eaten before. It was always so fresh. I mean, we saw people unloading vans that had halves of cows in them that they were taking into the butcher shop and then the butcher was serving that to you.
1: I mean, Mm -hmm. so good my husband wishes that I cooked less with meat. And I just don't know what that looks really? like. <laughs> yeah. huh. I'm, I'm really like, a, I, I, I love meat.
0: Yeah, we're big meat eaters just, in our house. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm.
1: And honestly, I love red meat more than anything else. But mm. I'm I'm just careful about eating too much of it. And it's expensive, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you going to make enough that you have a sample for us?
0: Yes, I'm the recipe says it makes 24.
1: So I'm hoping
0: that uh,
1: I'll take 12.
0: (laughs) I'm hoping that my hungry family will not eat all of them. I will reserve a couple to the side so that you guys can try some. I will thank give you. them to you covertly so that your family does not know about it, Great. Heather, and you don't have to share.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you. And we'll have to find a, a, a quiet secret spot to slurp them. Yes. In.
0: <laughs> I'll bring a, I'll send you napkins too. Yes, sounds, sounds good. good. <laughs> we'll be in the corner of the schoolyard. Pick up, <laughs> slurping slurping your... <laughs> our empanadas. Good luck, Erin. Thank you. I'm going to go spend a couple days trying to uh, figure out this dough. Uh, I think the filling sounds easy, but I know that I'm going to have to be careful with the meat so that I don't overcook it. And uh, when we come back, we'll see how this journey went. Good luck
1: on your two or three day journey.
0: (laughs) Campfire season is almost here. Check out Francis Malman's book, Seven Fires Grilling the Argentine Way, for great suggestions on cooking over the fire and how you can adapt his recipes for the home cook, too.
2: Welcome back. We're, we're here to find
1: out how the empanadas turned out. Aaron? Yep. I've been uh, bugging Erin all day, <laughs> asking her What's been happening? They were really good. Yay. Yeah, it's definitely well
0: worth it. I was really happy with how they turned out. I did choose to make them over a two-day period. I think anyone who wants to take this on would want to do it over a two-day period. I think it explains a lot about the Argentine lifestyle. (laughs) Mm. Because if you were going to make this all in one day, I would definitely need a siesta after the first part. And you definitely would not be eaten till midnight (laughs) 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 because it was a lot of work. It probably took me longer too, because I'm very unfamiliar with how to fold them properly and working with the dough. And so let's dig in. I cooked everything using a cast iron skillet, which was really nice to use for the filling I was able to use uh some rendered bacon fat that I had in my fridge okay so nice. that went into the filling which I think made that filling extra yummy
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you make the filling part it's got four scallions green onions mm-hmm. he very specifically tells you to dice the scallions and keep the white and green parts separate hmm You cook the white parts in and then at the end, once everything's done, you add the green parts in. I've never done this before. Is this pretty common technique? I see Sarah nodding and I know she goes through green onions frequently (laughs) because her husband's always complaining about his going to get more green onions.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I do.
2: Okay. So I'd never done that before. So is it because when you get to the green end, it's almost more of a leaf? Like it's yeah. a, it's more of a garnish, right?
1: Yeah, it's more of a garnish. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think the flavor must be different too up
0: there. Lately, yeah. So in a whole bunch of fat, you cook up your onions. You don't let them brown. Then you add your yeah. spices and the white scallions. You saute for a little bit longer. And then you turn it off and stir in your green scallion pieces and salt, and pepper to taste. So he uh, recommends about eight minutes. I would kay. say that's about what it took, somewhere between eight and 10 minutes. Kay. For the beef part, I only have one nice cast iron skillet. So I cooked all the onion stuff in the cast iron skillet, dumped it into a pan and then wiped it down, cleaned it up, popped it back on the stove and thought I was ready for the beef part. But no, the one pound of stewing beef was diced into
2: eight of an inch pieces. Good thing you have that nice Japanese steel to slice that baby up. Well, sadly, it's getting a bit dull.
0: I need to straighten it or sharpen it Mm -hmm. because dicing a pound of beef took a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) He says if you use a ground beef, it has too much water in it and it won't fry up right it will make your filling blah I mean he says it's worth it I'm not 100% sure I'd like to try it with ground beef and just be lazy try it and see if it's a difference yeah I mean you can get some of those like ground rounds and ground sirloin so you can get like a Mm -hmm. higher quality ground beef so maybe using that would would do it because it was definitely it looked like I turned beef into ground beef by hand anyway
1: yeah. So I
0: browned those <laughs> in the pan in half cup batches. I'm still learning on
2: that little yeah. cast iron guy. So I think the pan yes. gets hotter yeah. as mm-hmm. you use it. So that's what you find at the beginning. You think, oh, this is not hot enough. You turn it up and then you're like, ah, this is too hot. That happens a lot yeah. with cast iron because it takes some time for the pan to heat Yeah, up. I think
0: I could have been more mm. patient with that. And it also seemed like the pan couldn't get too hot because all I really wanted to do was brown those little tiny chunks of meat without letting the moisture mm-hmm. come out, which is kind of a tricky thing.
2: Sounds like a lot of work. Already. It was
0: a lot of work. I, I was very careful about it because I'm not familiar with all these steps super well. So I was trying my right, best right. to be as true to the recipe as possible. And and I did this while I didn't have to parent. So <laughs> I could put all my attention on mm-hmm. this. <laughs> so I made my, my filling, let it all cool down, mixed it together, put it in my fridge and left it for the next day. And then I made the dough for the empanadas. So I boiled water with salt in it, Then I took my butter and put it into the salted boiling water and turned off the heat and it melted into the water and I popped it into my uh, stand mixer bowl. And I just let it sit until it cooled to room temperature like it recommends. If I would have um, been a little Mm -hmm. bit more organized, I would have done that whole salting, melting step first, put it in my thing, and then started working on my filling because it took quite a while for the hot water to cool to the point where I could start adding Mm -hmm. flour to it. The mixer did its thing. So it was a very different dough making process than I had done in the past. He says you want a dry, stiff dough. You divide it in half put it into discs, wrap it in plastic and chill it for at least an hour or up to 24. So again, I made this beforehand. I put it all in my fridge. So that was day one. It was, again, not that hard. Mm -hmm. I just spent a lot of time and was very attentive to what I was doing. It would get easier as time went on and what if you knew what you were doing. So, day two, take your dough out of the fridge, cut it into four pieces, mm-hmm. roll out your dough really thin. You roll it out and it kind of elasticizes back. And so, it is a lot of work to roll this dough out.
2: Could you have put it through your pasta maker thing that? Yes, I could. There have. you go.
1: The one that I'm holding in my house. <laughs> oh. <hostage. laughs>
2: it currently isn't in my possession but it does
0: recommend in here that you can use a pasta roller to roll it out to get it Mm. really thin you want to cut he recommends a three and a half inch circle that seemed small especially when I compared it to the pictures of him showing you how to fold it it covers the person's whole hand past their fingertips that that's more than a three and a half inch circle so I don't know if maybe that's the, the radius rather than the diameter
2: maybe Francis has unusually small yes I was gonna hands.
1: say maybe he has <laughs> no small it's
2: hands.
0: not him it's it's a lady that's holding
1: it maybe it's in the picture
2: <laughs> maybe those no. are not women's hands those are his hands but I see all of her
1: so I'm really oh, okay. sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, You're ruining this Aaron. Sorry you.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I would recommend I next time I would do a bigger circle so maybe an inch bigger, I would do maybe a four to a four and a half inch circle. Once you've got it rolled out and you've cut out your circles once, you really can't bring it back together and roll it out again very easily. It becomes so hard to work with. I did try it and, and made some empanadas with it. And the dough was like way tougher. It didn't cook as good. So I would say you have one shot to roll out that dough and cut your pieces out as good as possible. I would like to try the pasta maker next yeah. time I do this.
1: So you want it back? Darn it.
0: When you make this, since yeah. you have my pasta maker, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I would, I would say use pasta maker. And thank you, Sarah, for the circle cutters. They made my life a lot easier.
1: <laughs> I should have brought the pasta roller.
0: <laughs> so you, I cut out all of these circles, stacked them on my counter. Just before I started filling them, I went and turned on my barbecue. I placed my baking or cooking steel in the middle I only Mm -hmm. heated it up with my two side burners Mm -hmm. up to about 400 and then turned it back down to 350. And I was able to actually maintain that 350 really easily. And then by keeping that middle burner off, my steel doesn't exceed that temperature because I find when that middle burner is on, it overheats my steel and I get burning on the bottom, but not enough browning and cooking all around.
1: Right. To Mm -hmm. assemble
0: the empanadas, you put a healthy tablespoon of filling Mm -hmm. in the middle You add a pinch of uh, diced hard-boiled egg and another pinch of green olives that have been diced up. And just to finish it off with a little more fat, you also take a dot of butter, he describes it as, Uh and then you wrap it up. Um, I don't think I got any better at wrapping the empanadas as time went on. I tried their methods of folding and following what their fingers were doing something I'm not super good at, something that took me a long time to get them to seal. Some of them didn't seal, but we got empanadas. It's okay.
1: Some of them didn't seal. Did you use water mm. to
0: sort of wet the
1: edges as well? Or Yep,
0: I did yeah. wet the edges. I don't know, the way that they're folded. Some of the, the filling would leak out while I was oh, cooking.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: And then they just went on the barbecue. Uh, I put uh, parchment paper down on my steel, 15 to 17 minutes and boom, they came in, they were smoking hot. I kind of liked that some of the oil leaked out of my poorly wrapped ones because then it kind of fried them as they were cooking on the barbecue. Right, and so right. I would almost say next time I might put down some oil or something right. on the parchment and then just flip them while I cook them because then right. it would almost fry the dough. Mm. Let's get some more fat on mm-hmm. this, right? Ooh, we haven't got enough more fat. Of that yet.
2: Bacon fat. And put oh, that down absolutely.
0: There. They were filling. They were delicious. They were juicy and bubbly. They were too hot to eat for a little while. And I had to, I'd bite into it and burn myself and then be like, oh, I have to wait.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: They were good when they were hot and they came out of the oven. They were good last night when they were cold, but still on the counter. And I munched on a couple more. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what you thought because I packed you a little paper bag for lunch. It was so
1: good. I've been like waiting for this since we started (laughs) talking about it. And it's been hard. And I don't know how I knew that it was going to be good and how I knew that I was going to love them. But it was like everything. I I loved them. (laughs) I love the filling. I love the amount (sighs) of olives in it. I loved the creaminess of the the egg. Mm, I I loved everything about it. I was so surprised about the dough and I have a few questions about it, but I'll let Heather talk for a bit (laughs) (laughs) because I'll go on and on about this.
2: Oh, I liked it too. (laughs) I put them in the oven. Like you said, I got a little distracted and I think they were in maybe a few minutes longer than I would have liked. Right. That may be why they were not juicy. There was certainly no slurping happening. Uh, I don't know if that was the reason or if maybe it's just because it's the next day and it's come together. But Sarah,
1: were yours slurpable? I don't think that they were very slurpable, but it could have been just because it was, you know, like all that slurpy stuff kind of got absorbed into the bread.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is as, as a you know, leftover, they're they not weren't quite the same super slurpable,
0: even oh, okay. they were just kind of, <laughs> okay, I mean, my husband did bite into a couple where it was kind of like running down his hands. And I was like, right. Oh, I made them juicy enough. And I would say they're not dry inside. No, which is, no
1: they're not dry. No, they were
0: not dry.
2: No. That's all I'm trying to avoid is dryness. (laughs) I was prepared for the slurping thing that you (laughs) talked about. Like Sarah said, I love the olives. I love the egg in there. The meat was like, I thought, perfectly cooked. Uh, When I took it out, I was like, oh, they're so tiny. I somehow had in my head this maybe a bigger empanada. And the ones he pictures is a lot bigger So I
0: feel like I would make bigger circles next time and put more filling in them. I mean, I was glad
2: to have two because I was like, oh, it's so tiny, (laughs) but I get two. So it's good. There you go. Yes. Yes. Really yummy. I totally, even though I'm not the dough master Mm. that you guys are. I would absolutely want to make these. This is a dough
0: that anyone can make because it was really simple. It doesn't take kneading. It doesn't take proofing.
2: That rolling business sounds like not my cup of tea.
1: Pasta machine. Yes.
2: I will borrow the pasta machine and then I will make them. (laughs) We knew we'd get it to enter your house,
0: Heather. We knew we could get you to use it.
1: (laughs) Now I have to share the pasta machine with two people. But but it's my pasta machine. No, I know. (laughs) I got a quick couple of questions.
0: Okay. Ask away and I'll figure out if I know anything.
1: (laughs) Okay. Empanadas are not just from Argentina, correct? They are are from a few countries in Central America.
0: I I would imagine so.
2: He calls them the most typical food you find in Argentina. Okay. I would think the fillings would be the thing that varies region to region.
1: Right. Because I had a few colleagues um, who used to make empanadas And they used to bring them to the office and Ah, share with us. And I think they were from Central America, or their families were, I mean. Their empanadas looked a lot different from the dough you made. So maybe they deep fried it. Okay. But theirs was golden. Mm -hmm. And yours was more white. And But then you did mention that he said you could fry them.
0: Yeah, the dough could be fried or it could be baked. I definitely think that would change...
2: How they turn out. The texture would be a little different.
1: Texture mm-hmm. would be different. And did he say to bake it in an oven, or did he say to bake it out on a barbecue?
0: His recommendation on this is a wood-fired oven, which they call oh, okay. um mm. Orno de Barro, I believe. He says that the substitution for a home cook would be using their oven. Okay. Um, you know, me and my barbecue thing. I kind of use my barbecue as an outdoor oven. I thought I tried on there. I bet your barbecue had a better result. I would bet. I feel like my barbecue's better than my oven. I can control it better,
1: I feel. Yeah. <laughs> so there was no talk about putting a wash or a oil on it or anything like that.
0: Nope. I also was thinking So that of could that. be the
1: difference region to region, right? I love the dough. I love the filling. I love that they were small because they're packable. Yeah. Right.
2: I was thinking as I was eating mine, how good it would be like on a hike or when you're out and about, like a picnic where you can just grab them easy on the go. And they don't, because they're not making a mess until you bite into it, maybe, right? They're just, they are contained. Yeah. I thought that would be perfect.
1: You did a great job.
2: Yes. Oh, I'm so Mm -hmm.
0: excited how well this worked out.
1: Okay. Well, thank you, Erin. This was fantastic. Yes. No
0: problem. I was so happy to do this and share it with you guys. I
2: want to make. More, and we are here for it. We are here to eat them. All right, well, we'll see you next time. Bye. And now for the fine print. You can find pictures and recipe links on Instagram and Facebook at Three Kitchens Podcast. Feel free to leave us a comment or a suggestion for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, if you like and subscribe, that helps more people find us. Mmm, this is really good.